think we can all agree that the buyers change, the journeys change. They're spending more time on the internet before they actually want to talk to someone. And I was really curious to speak to someone who was dealing with that face-to-face, dealing with it for a larger team, maybe multiple offices. So when I met Billy Akofo, I knew that he was the right person to talk to. He's the director of lead management at Century 21 Redwood Realty. He spends his days ensuring that agents across 10 offices in the DC area have the tools they need to connect with prospects online, but they do something different. What they do is Billy nurtures all the leads that are generated by the brokerage. So the ones that are generated by the individual agents, of course, they're responsible for that. But he is the one that touches them on a daily basis. He knows exactly where they are during the process. He knows their likelihood of converting. He knows what they've looked at and what dollar amount might be associated to their conversion. This is really interesting stuff. And I think more in the lines of what the future of lead nurturing might look like. This interview is really great. You're definitely not going to want to miss it. Billy offers his insights into how to bring online leads into the real world and explain why the best realtors think of themselves not just as agents, but as agents of change. I'm Shannon Stone. And I'm Tamara Stone here in uh, Remax in Kelowna, BC. Hi, this is Nobu Hada. Hi, this is Billy Ikofo from Century 21 Redwood Realty in Ashburn, Virginia. And you are listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Genius Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes with the most brilliant real estate professionals and brands to uncover the latest digital marketing tools and tricks for your online arsenal. Now, here are your hosts, Seth Price and Matt Barbet. Billy, I am so psyched to have you on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day. Seth, the pleasure is mine. Thank you for having me. So, you know, I, I want to talk about something that's not real estate, which is you have this incredible journey of, you know, sort of parachuting into the U.S. from the Democratic Republic of Congo yes. as, a, as a 17-year-old. How has that experience contributed to your success? I. This is a great question. There's so much packed into this. So I'm going to try to give you sort of a high level. Yeah, please. You know, a high level um, view. Really the, you know, so the background, I was born in the United States. Uh, my parents were, um, my dad was a grad student and my mom was here with them, with my older brother. And so I'm a citizen by birth, right? And so... A year after my birth, my dad decided to go to France. And then after France, we went to the Congo. And then in 1998, the Congo basically imploded, right? You, it was the perfect storm for anything that can go wrong politically. Yeah. And so the, you know, the, the U.S. government decided that its citizens should have been evacuated. Never mind the fact that I was <laughs> 17 years old. You know, the next thing I knew... I packed a bag and I had my American passport, went to the American um, embassy or consulate at the time. And that was it. It started a two week journey in the United States. Um, Really where things get interesting in that journey was when I landed in Richmond, Virginia. Um, You could say when I landed in New York, because, you know, I had to find somehow my way through um, JFK and (laughs) crazy, (laughs) right. Pointing you know, 
fingers on a ticket and asking airport official hey, in French, basically, I need to go to Richmond. And they will sort of point to another direction until I reach the gate. But then I got to Richmond and the person that I was supposed to live with had no clue that I was coming in the U.S. at all. So I literally just threw in change, you know, some changes I had in my pocket into a payphone and dialed this number. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, that was one phone call that that was it. You know, if nobody answered that call, like I would have been things would have been much different for Billy. That is so, I mean, when we think about one, you know, trust in life and two, the fragility, but also the, the sort of happenstance of many things that happen in our life. Like the fact that someone answered the phone when you yeah. didn't speak English at the time like to me, it's just, it, it reminds me that we take all these things for granted and we complain all the time, but oh my God, we are here and have the opportunity to have these conversations and we have our business. And of course we'd like it to be better, but right. hey, hey, we're here getting to do this thing. That's it. That's, that's it. That's so fantastic. So I, I you know, I want to jump forward a little bit. You started your career in, in media production. So we're going to, you know, bypass a whole bunch of years of you sort of figuring out and learning English and all that stuff. Yes. Um, how did you end up in real estate? So let's see, uh, December of 2014. Um, I, well, yeah, December, uh, no, no, no. Even before that, December, 2013, this is six months after graduated business school and looking for jobs you know, full-time work for the longest time ever. Uh, we were, my wife and I were staying with her family in Manassas, Virginia. And I honestly think my father-in-law was just really, you know, his passion, patience just kind of ran out. <laughs> right? And he was like, Billy, I think you should give real estate a shot. And, you know, big shot Billy here was like, well, I went to business school and spent all this money not to work as a salesperson in real estate, you know, and again, I didn't know what it wouldn't tell. All I knew at that point was like, this is a hard industry. Yeah. You have to sell a bunch of houses to make it. And even when you make it, nothing is really guaranteed. Like there's no safety net in real estate. Right. Yeah. So I was like, my family deserve better. I deserve better, you know, and I kind of took that attitude and my goal was to prove him wrong by saying, <laughs> I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to go in this probably six months and then it's not going to work. Then I'm going to be back looking for full-time work. Yeah. And so that's what I did. So I, out of respect for him, I started my journey in real estate. And so I went and got my license and affiliated with Century 21 Redwood Realty shortly after. Um, and that really began my journey as an agent. And so, yeah, that's... <laughs> That I, par <laughs> I parachuted into real estate that way. Um, so I guess he's to blame for you uh, yes, staying yeah. in the industry. Yes, he will take any credit for that. And I love him dearly, but does, I, I think part of it is obedience too, right? Yeah. I grew up in a culture where, you know, your parent figure, regardless, you know, father-in-law, father, or a friend of a father was a father to you regardless. Yeah. And so when you said, you suggested something, I wanted to honor that as well. It's like, look, you know, he's lived longer. He's had much more experience in life and his word had weight. Yeah. We I went back to argue. Yeah. <laughs> well, also I think, you know, there's this whole thing of being in the home of your, you know, your loved 
wife yes and, you know her family and and being respectful like it's like yeah you got to go get a job buddy that's it <laughs> <laughs> i you know i think he, this is what he was saying and so but you know and i appreciated that yeah looking back at it it was like well man thank you you know john daly for really pushing me to get into real estate um, but at the time it felt like you know I, someone just wanted me to go do something and you know i I thought about it and I said, look, you know, I talked to my wife and said, your father says this, I, I'm going to, I'm going to follow through. And so, yeah. you know, and we did. And what started out as a journey as a full-time agent quickly became essentially where I think I was meant to be. Yeah. So <laughs> you, you, know? you have a really interesting role at Century 21 Redwood Realty, which is you're the director of lead management. And, yes. And the reason I think that that's interesting is it's almost like we woke up. And when I say we, we in the real estate industry woke up and realized that this is not something that you, that you should outsource. So when I, th <laughs> when I think of five years ago or seven years ago or a decade ago in real estate, we were all, I, you know, had my license for five years, had a great mm -hmm. broker that I worked with. We were all looking outside the industry for folks to do things like lead management or SEO or web development, like all of those things. And we didn't necessarily nurture that talent in house. Mm -hmm. And you do this thing, which I think is so necessary today. And it's really something that I've started to urge brokers and brands to think about, which is, Hey, those leads are like gold. And, right. yet, and yet we throw them out to see, okay, can you take that lead and respond without nurturing them, touching mm -hmm. them, qualifying them, understanding where they are in the journey, like any of that stuff. And, and then complain that they don't convert. As yeah. They should. It, I, I think this, this, Everything you said is, uh, it is right on point. Um, lead management is an interesting, I guess, world, right? You can, I, I always say you can approach leads two-way. You can look at leads straight from a number perspective, right? Yeah. So are you meeting your quotas? Are you meeting your metrics? Are you converting them? And th that's all good, and I don't want to minimize that. Yeah. But I think really where, to me, the personal drive is, is to look at leads as people. Yeah. Right. How many touch points can you can you know? How many people are you touching? How many people are you interacting? You know, and then it's yes, I worry about conversion. I have to. It's part of my work, but I don't worry from an, from, from just the the perspective of numbers. Yeah. Those are people. How many people we actually helped? Right. And so approaching lead management that way has been tremendously beneficial to me. And knock on wood, will be beneficial to the company. Um, you know, because look, in the end of the day, you know, those are real people with real needs that we're trying to help. Well, let, let's make it a little more tangible for folks. So I will just start it off and then you can fill in the blanks, which is yeah. the thing that I discovered in interacting with you is that you literally touch and nurture every lead before it's given to an individual, you know, broker agent in your at Century 21 Redwood. Is that correct? Yeah, to touch most of them. So company generally leads that do not fall under our relocation umbrella. Yeah. So that side of the company generally business that yes, yours truly is at the front end. Okay. So let's, can you give me some context? Like what kind of velocity volume, like how often do you do this? What does this look like? So my day starts, you know, 
basically opening my computer, following up with inquiries that were made when I was asleep. Because <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know, this is when people start looking for homes. And then, uh, follow, you know, those are hot ones. So you follow up with, you know, those inquiries. And then, you know, I have a pool of people that I have been in contact with, communicating with, sending content, you know, asking questions and sending listings with. And that's really, you know, what takes a good portion of my day. And there's, you know, the other portion is just working with agents on some of the business I've handed to them and seeing where they're at and how they're involving and anything I could do. So, so when you say that, that sounds so simple, right? But give me, <laughs> give me some perspective as to like, how many people are we talking about? Like just in round numbers. So when you say you're managing a pool of leads, so forget the hot, the hot ones that came right. in overnight, how many people are in the pool of what you would consider somewhat active? So like it depends. You, if you define active as in we having good interactions, yeah, I will say probably a good 40 to 50. People, okay. Okay. Right. And so, and then if you consider interaction as me reaching out to them and them, you know, essentially opening my email and not doing anything like there's way more people in there, like okay. in the, in the thousands. Okay. So, well, that's really important to frame up because I think when we go into the thousands, that to me is not the very top of the funnel, but it's down the funnel. You've identified that there is some interest in real estate, you know, like in the thing that you guys have to offer. And then yes. further down the 40, like those guys are imminently probably about to do something because they are showing some activity, responding, right. asking questions, those types of things. Right. So, I, you know, I don't really care about the software because I think the, the software is crucial, but I'm, I'm curious about the system. So what does it look like for you? Like you've created some process because this sounds yeah. in many ways, if I didn't know better, it sounds sort of random. Like you, you know, you woke up and you looked at the inquiries that came in and then right. you responded to, you know, people that haven't been opening the emails and responded to people that are opening. Right. But what is that? What's the process? How do you get it done and stay on top of it? Is this a daily thing? Do you, yes. ever, do you ever miss a day? I, well, you know, sometimes you do and sometimes you, you, you do the best you can. But I think having tools that will allow you to be somehow someone nimble yeah. and efficient, it's absolute key. And so, you know, this is by no mean a prop to contextually, yeah. but I use contextually religiously. Yeah. The point that, you know, I have my pipeline basically, which I think it's one of the greatest features of contextually is that you can see your pipeline and move it. So you know exactly how many people you're incubating, where they are in the stage, are they, are they you know, Working with an agent at a closing, you know, you can set this all up. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, that's just one of the many features that it has. But yes, I open my computer. I have my dedicated time when I just go through the task. And, you know, we built up campaigns, you know, and I use the campaigns as much as I can. But I think at some point, you know, the at some point in the campaign, you have a real interaction with a lead and that's the golden ticket, right? Yeah. So you use the campaign to get you to, you know, when someone responds to you and say, yes, I'm very interested in the property, sending them a template of the email just absolutely makes no sense yeah. at that point. So yeah. that's when you, 
you know, you override. <laughs> <You're> right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And to have a system that allows you to do it. Right. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people get stuck with the CRMs and what have you because their process is so systematized that they forget to be human. Yeah. I mean, it also may be that they're wearing so many hats right. that it's hard to know when to jump in and have a human conversation and go, Hey, let's stop the drip. Yeah. <laughs> and let me, let me just call you up or, yes. or let me just send you an email like, Hey, this is Billy. It sounds like you're frustrated or it sounds like you want something. Can you tell me a little bit more like that sort of human interaction, you know, takes this digital world and makes it real. Right. Even the smallest steps like you, you know, you've been emailing and, you know, usually some depending on the lead, sometimes that text and then be able to call and say, hey, Vanessa, this is Billy. We, we were just texting about this property. Do you mind if I talk to you? It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, start the whatever sales process, whatever you from that point. Um, the key, like I said, the key here is to know or to be aware enough, you know, the time when the, you know, the drip stops and human interaction begins. Yeah. Like to me, that's key. So. So what are what are some steps that, you know, agents can do without they had they don't get to hire a Billy. <laughs> but what are, what, are, what are some things that they can do to improve their conversion rate? I feel like I'm the Highlander. The <laughs> uh, number one, I would say, you know, and, and this, you can view me as a naive person and, you know, I'm learning and I'm growing in this position or in this role. And so I'm constantly trying to improve. But I think really the key to being a success, successful with lead management is to understand, you know, hey, have a system. You know, you cannot do this by not having a system. Yeah. Right? Um, so build the system and make it nimble enough for you. You know, in the end of the day, a lead is looking for a person. Yeah. And so having a system that allows you to literally step from, you know, break that barrier between system and lead slash person to be that person to answer the need is key. Yeah. Right. So I, I think this is the, the sauce. So you as an agent, you as a broker, by all means, build a system, you know, there's tremendous systems up there, CRMs, what have you, that can help you do the work, the, the, the legwork. But once you have that down, you know, know when to say this is a conversation that's better either on the phone or via text or just, you know, even in person. Right. Yeah. If that allows it. Yeah. So one of the things I want to highlight there is this is, you know, for years, once CRM like Siebold was the first one, like way back, you know, 25 years ago when CRM came to the world and the biggest challenge for everyone is always, hey, you get this thing, you get the Swiss army knife, right, so to speak, and you use 5% of it. And if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is pick something that fits what you need to do, but actually learn to use it as an extension of, of your communication with the web. Yes. And I will even add on top of that. And I think you just have to get back to the, the realization that you as an agent, you know, people are coming to you for assistance, you assisting people. The system is just an extension of what you ought to be doing in the first place. Yeah. Right. And so this is where we, we get twisted because you know, we spend time 
flocking towards all the systems, the new shiny thing, the new way of converting leads. And, and at some point, the public hears us. It's like, well, to, to you, I'm just another number. I'm just a lead. I'm no longer a person that you're trying to help. Um, and so we need to, you know, we need to strip that away and get back to the very basic. What are we trying to do? Who are we trying to assist? You know, this is what we signed up for as agents to help people. And so what tools am I using to actually do that? You know, am I using the tool effectively? In the end of the day, will someone remember the CRM or remember you as the agent that helped them? <laughs> it's so, right? true. I mean, so true. So let's talk about attracting online leads because you guys clearly have a great funnel. Um, you've got a lot of velocity there. And so I'm curious if you were going to make suggestions, let's say, you know, I decided today that I'm going to go into the industry and I'm like, Hey, I totally get, I'm going to get a lot of referrals. I'm going to work my sphere, Yeah. but what do I do online to build that pipeline? That's a great question. I, I think, you know, regardless of where it is, people, you know, when I look for someone before I meet them, I, I, I use basically, um, I try to investigate their social print and footprint. You know, are they involved? What are they into? A little bit of legwork. And so, you know, you reverse that and, you know, from a, a you know, from a leads perspective, being able to say, okay, I want people to find me, you know, what sort of content can I, real content, not just automated content, real content that I can put outside or on the web that people feel some form of affinity tool towards, right? Yep. And so the moment, you know, I was, I had this conversation with one of our agents actually, maybe a couple months ago, and she was, you know, she's into fitness, she's, she's into health, you know, healthy eating. And she's like, you know, Billy, I'm just, I don't know what to do. And I was like, well, what are you into? She's like, well, I, you know, I teach at the gym, you know, I'm a fitness instructor. And I'm like, do you know how many agents do that? And that sell real estate. And she's like in the, in this area, you know, which is Ashburn. She kind of looked at me and she was like, I'm not sure most people do. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're right? a differentiator. So, yeah. So, you know, find the thing that fuels you, that, that you're passionate about and, you know, connect this to your work. I mean, you know, people find, and it's been my experience that, you know, you tend to relate more with people when they have some form of affinity with you. Yeah. So, and yep. That makes complete sense. You can't create a fake affinity. <laughs> Right. No, no. I'm honestly, I'm not into cars. And so, yeah. you know, me being up there and saying, Oh, I love, you know, cars and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, people are going to find out that this is not the case real quick because this is not my strength. Yeah. That's, it, that's me with golf. That's, <laughs> when, when like I can watch it for about 10 minutes and then I'm done. That's it. Um, sorry for all you duffers out there. Yes. Um, so I want to switch gear and talk about something you mentioned, which is, you know, you work with lots of agents within the organization. You guys have 10 offices. Is that correct? We do. Yes. Um, so I'm curious about, you know, how you, how you help them, like where should they, what are some of the biggest challenges that they have? And then how, how should brokers be better supporting their agents when it comes to lead management? Oh, such a loaded question, yeah, Seth. I know, um, I know. That's my job. That's my yes. job. Um, I think 
let me step back. Okay. You know, one of the things, uh, this is by no, no means me trying to say, you know, to be a cheerleader for, well, in essence, I'm a cheerleader for Century 21 Redwood Realty, but one of the things I love about our company is the fact that you have three managers, or three owners, I should say, who gave up essentially selling um, themselves in order to grow, you know, a pool of agents to do better things, to be better at the craft of real estate, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Better at the craft of, you know, selling whatever you have you. And, and, you know, they invested resources in order to do that. And so you think about it and, you know, I have no issues with brokerages that have models where the owner broker is also a sell, selling full time. Yeah. But I think, you know, and to me, it just speaks volume when the owners of your company said, look, I'm going to stop selling and I'm going to teach you everything you, you need to know. And I'm going to provide you with the tools that you need to in order to grow your business. Um, you know, and it, that has been at the very core of Century 21 Redwood Realty. And that's the way, you know, every agents that come in, me included, when I was selling, I fell in love with it. And I was like, look, you know, there are people here that 24-7, seems like it, um, from nine to five that are just there to make sure that I can succeed as an agent or, you know, now as a lead manager, what have you. And yeah. so that, I think taking that approach to lead generation and lead, you know, will only serve you well. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we're not here, I'm not here to essentially, you know, compete with you in the business. You know, I gave up selling real estate because I enjoyed working, seeing other people succeed as one of my, I guess, you know, you can say, um, addicting things in real estate Yeah. You know, to know that, you know, Hey, it's not so much to boast, but just say, you know, I want to be that guy behind the curtain that helps you that, you know, I'm with you from step one, you know, from the lead assignment to, you know, closing and, you know, rejoice with you. Like I get such a kick out of that, that to me, you know, the notion of competing with you, it just doesn't make any sense. And so, but you, you know, you have to, I had to give up selling for that. And so, yeah. Well, the the one thing I want to point out, because I, I know it from our conversation, which is when you say from handing a nurtured lead to someone to celebrating at the end, the reason you know that is that you are, tr it's tracked within your CRM. Yes. You, you know the interaction that the agent is having. You know the stage of that particular lead and you know when it succeeds, which is really the, the thing that I want to highlight to the folks listening, which mm. is we are now at the stage where we have small data, bits of data about the entire process. And we now have the tools and the job, if we're going to be really good at it, is right. to make sure that we're paying attention through that entire process. So we can either celebrate at the end or train for the person that keeps losing those leads. Like you give them a nurture lead and right. then that person disappears. Like there's some there's some moments there that are opportunities that this provides. So I'm, I was so excited when we had that conversation that that's, uh, that's one of the things I wanted to point out. I want to talk some, a little bit about social risk. Actually, let me backtrack. I yes. want to talk about another funnel you've written in the past about recruiting and retention in our industry. <laughs> and yes. what are some of the keys to building a real estate company that attracts and keeps great people? I think the number one thing is culture. That that's a so right. I I get that, but tell me more. Mostly because I think culture is a great um, 
word. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's a word that has been diluted. It's like authenticity. Like right. I, I use both of those words a lot, but it's like, uh, what does that mean? Yeah. So, so tell me. Well, you know, there's a lot packed into the, that world, yeah. uh, that word. And so I, I, I want to make sure, you know, I want to unpack it just a little bit. Yeah, please. Um, you know, what is it that you're communicating to agents about joining your company? Is it just a conversation on numbers? Is it a conversation on, you know, um, you know, when I say numbers and gross commission, yep. income opportunity, or is it a holistic com- conversation? I.e., you know, not only are you going to excel as an agent, but we're actually going to do greater things like in the community, in the world, what have you. Yeah. And so, you know, I selfishly, I wanted, I wanted to join a brokerage that's sort of in line with those kind of things. Because to me, selling, you know, it, it, I didn't want to be that agent that was only known for selling. And I guess that drives people mad when they hear that. But yeah. this is the honest th- truth, because, you know, in the end of the day, I want to. I want my, I wanted my work to matter. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, and that meant to think more of me as someone, as a change agent, right. As opposed to just an agent. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, being a change agent uh, meant, you know, getting involved or thinking about way to utilize real estate, my business as a, you know, as a conduit for a greater good. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, I, you know, when I say culture, that's what I'm, I mean. I, I mean, people wanting to join your your company, not just for the opportunity that the business will allow or will present, you know, and believe me, that's a good, that's a great factor, yeah. you know, but also, you know, the business and, right? And so what can we do, you and I, as, as part of this company, not only to sell more houses because, you know, yeah, that's the bread and, you know, that's what feeds our families, whatever, but also to do something more, you know, what, how can we be change agents in our society, in our, you know, in our communities and around the world. And so when I think of attracting talent and and attracting agents, you know, when I say culture, this is what I mean. it's like, are you just selling the fact that you want the agent to sell more houses, right? Or are you selling that and more? Yeah. You know, this is interesting because you tap into something that I think is a huge trend, like whether you're going to call folks millennials or Gen Y or Gen Next, Echo Boomers, whatever. Right. Some of the stats are really outstanding, which is like 64% of them say it's a priority for them to make the world a better place. That is a totally different mindset in dealing with how you create culture, you know, 72% would like to be their own boss. So now you're, you've got folks that have an entrepreneurial mindset that actually want their work to change something. And and that's not just getting a paycheck. No. And, you know, and this is why, you know, millennials, you know, to the extent like me have, you know, someone like me doesn't have an issue paying a ridiculous amount for a pair of shoes. If I see right that, you know, half of that proceed goes into giving shoes to people in the Congo or something like that. Yeah. And so I'm willing to pay a premium because I know that my money will go to make the world a better place. Yeah. And so I'm looking at this from real estate and I'm like, look, (laughs) you know, you can argue that real estate is the most socially responsible thing to do. It's like you're actually making people, helping people find a home. Yeah. You know? so, so let's talk a little bit about social responsibility. You volunteer a lot of your time. Um, yes. You know, tell me 
besides just, and I don't mean this in a negative way, the feel good aspect of it, but, but besides like, why is it important for real estate professionals to be socially conscious? I think this is a great question and things that I've been thinking about honestly, since business school, um, think about the amount of businesses and people that cross path with a realtor, you know, through an agent, right? You have an agent is a conduit for a lot of things to happen. You know, we, we have title companies, we have nonprofit organizations, you, you know, lenders, they all, you know, the real estate agent is like in the middle of that and being able to interact with all these people who have different functions in the community. And so to me, to operate a business such as vital as real estate and not being in tune with your community, as far as needs are concerned, we're totally missing out. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, and the second part to that, you know, think about, and I, and I had this conversation with a friend a couple months ago, you know, I was looking at a survey and it was, you know, and it was on Forbes, um, dot com and it talked about the companies in the world that are perceived, you know, I want to highlight the word perceived to have a great socially responsible, you know, call it program in the company. Yeah. Right. So you know, this is all based on perception. It's <laughs> whether or not it's actual that's remains to be seen. The number 10 company on that list was Rolex. Hmm. Right. The number one company on that list was Google. And so I was like, okay, well, is there a real estate company in there? None. Right. And so yeah. I was like, okay, well let's look at the 100 companies, no brokers, no real estate company, nothing. And so I was like, well, hold on a minute. There's, you know, there's something not right about this because every agent that I know, one of the key messages we keep telling people is that we're here to help them. We're so focused on their needs. You know, I mean, look at the way we market our services. This is all based on personalized attention, right? And so yeah. I'm here to help you. I'm going to carry you through, you know, I so much care. But somewhere in there, that message hasn't been translated to people yeah. as an industry. And so mm -hmm. I think we're failing at that, you know, and it's like we maybe we, we're we not saying it, you know, clear enough. It's not clear in the way we say it. It's not clear in the way we're marking it. Whatever the message is the public hasn't perceived us. And I mean, us as a, an industry to be that helpful. Yeah. You know, really, that's a really great point. I mean, I, when I think of lots of agents and brokers that I know personally, some have really figured out their systems and they're like, right. they understand worth life balance and they're, they're a lot of time and resources to contribute. But if there are folks that, want to get involved, but they don't feel like they have the time or the resources where if you were going to say, where should they start? Like baby steps. What, what are some of the things that people can do? Start small. Right. And so, you know, I, I don't look for something big, you know, there's needs all over. Just start small, find something, you know, you know, I guarantee you look around, someone is in need of something, you know, cater to that. Um, you know, and be proud. Of, and I'm not saying like brag about it, but just being, be aware of that need and try to help. You know, sometimes the best help that we can do is at least being present. You know, 50% yeah. of that battle is just you being there, <laughs> being willing to do something. No, I'm, I'm being no, I'm, I'm not laughing at you. I am laughing because that is seemingly with everything. Well, right. Half the battle is showing up. 
show up, be there and say, I'm willing to have whatever you need. Let me know. You yeah. Know, just be willing to do that. And then, you know, watch what happens. Right. Yeah. And suddenly I think, you know, so much of our business is run down because we're trying to, we, we're only focusing on one thing and one thing only, which is selling homes. And it's such a cyclical market, you know, spring comes and then it dies down and then fall happens, you know, and we're trying to find a balance. And to me, the balance in essentially in my business or in my line of work is to know that at some point I can turn around and do something for some, you know, something beyond real estate, something that matters. I can help someone, you know, whatever through volunteering or, you know, as we went to New York for Inman, you know, and, and having a fellow agents waking up with me in the morning and serving food and, you know, and be prepared. You know, here's the other thing. Be prepared to do that by yourself. Yeah. Right. And so don't count, you know, I was ready to get up that morning by myself and anybody sh- didn't show up. And I don't mean this as me saying, well, look at me, look at me. No, that was my commitment. Yeah. You know, when, when we reached out and, you know, I told myself internally I was going to be there because, you know, for so much content that we require out of <laughs> Brad Inman and his wonderful team, you know, I, I needed my heart to be emptied out. And the best way to do that for me is to give back. Yeah. I, yeah, I, um, I've always thought that one of the most impactful things for any young person is to work in service, to change bedpans and to wait tables. That's it. Because I mean, so I waited tables, you know, for years when I was really young and I, I loved service. I loved the idea of knowing that someone wanted something before they actually did, you know, that moment when you can see their napkin has fallen on the ground or that, you know, their fork is dirty, but they want to use something else or their glass is empty or they're frustrated looking around and you know, they want their check. Like those, that ability to be attuned to someone else's needs is so satisfying when you can figure it out. I I agree. And and it's just another level of, it's transformative. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, and and I have to say some people are not, you know, to me, giving back kind of nurtures that ability for you to develop it. Yeah. You know, Billy, thank you so much for showing up. Thank you so much for sharing uh, what you do. I really appreciate it. Where can folks find out more about you? You can follow me on Twitter at Billy Ecofo or on Facebook at same Billy Ecofo. Um, and that's it. Awesome. Thanks so much, my friend. Uh, really a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Seth. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to write us a review on the iTunes store. For our full episode archive and access to exclusive bonus content, visit us online at playster.com slash podcast. If you have feedback about Marketing Genius or want to suggest topics and guests for future shows, drop us a line at podcast at playster.com. Don't settle for mediocre marketing. Become a marketing genius and start growing your real estate business online. The Marketing Genius Podcast is brought to you by Playster, the digital marketing platform for real estate professionals, brands, and organizations of all kinds. With beautiful websites, lead management tools, marketing automation, and an academy featuring the latest tools and tips, Playster offers real estate professionals everything they need to succeed online. Learn more at Playster.com.